Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. miraculous birth of Jesus Christ. That's what Christmas is all about, right? Well, hey everyone, I'm Pastor Tom and I want to welcome you again to Liquid Church where we are in the midst of one of the holiest, holiest days of our calendar. And today we've got our last installment of this incredible series, Blue Christmas. But you know something? This morning, I actually need to begin with a little bit of a confession here. See, some of the most difficult messages, you have to understand this, okay? A little, little, little empathy and grace here. You have to understand that for a pastor, it doesn't matter if it's Tim Lucas, Billy Graham, Rick Warren, whoever it is, for a pastor, one of the most challenging messages to ever write is the Christmas message. Why? Because it comes up every single year. And everyone knows the punchline, right? Just think about this now, right? A baby boy is miraculously born away in a manger, no crib for a bed. Exactly. See what I mean? 
So you have to understand, around this time of the year, I begin asking God to please, just please help renew my heart. I don't want this to be trite. I don't want this to be the same old, same old. Help renew my heart and help me to see the birth of your son in a fresh, new way. You know something? I'll be honest. This year, this year was tough. Um, the past couple of months, for many of us, if not all of us, have been very challenging. Yes? E- even, this, even this past weekend, the heart-wrenching tragedy in Connecticut just, just a couple days ago. I mean, this, the images are still burned in my mind. The recent devastation of Hurricane Sandy. You know, this is one of our four missions that, that, that God's placed on our hearts as a church, right? This is one of the areas that God's placed for our Christmas offering this season. These kinds of events have their way of burdening the soul. Now, don't get me wrong, I love it. I love it that even today, in the middle of worship, in the middle of singing, that we can actually pause, that we can interrupt the regularly scheduled programming, right? And we can just come out and pause and reflect and pray for our neighbors in Connecticut. I love that we did that. I love that we can just pause and reflect on God and, and, that, and that light will not, uh, that darkness will not overcome the light. I love that we can do that. I, I love that a few weeks ago, we all rallied behind LBI and Staten Island, putting our faith into action. I'm not going to take away anything from that. I love that we as a church can do that. I don't want to take away anything from that. It's just that in my quieter moments, it's just that when I'm away from everyone, the way that I was when I was driving home alone, the first time I went into Staten Island, and my eyes just not understanding the devastation that I just saw, Having spent a few hours talking with, actually, no, not talking with, listening to some of the local residents, survivors, I'm going to call them, who shared with me in tears amidst the rubble that was their home, all that they had lost. It's in those quieter moments that I distinctly remember on that quiet Solitude drive home asking God, why? Why would you let this happen? I must have walked into over a dozen homes, and in every single one, God, I saw family pictures, mud all over it, just, just warped because of the, uh, the mold and, and, and the, just the water, and, and all of these, they have kids, Birthdays have happened in this living room. Uh, Wedding receptions and and, and all this stuff. God, why this? Why now? I mean, where do these families, I don't even understand. I don't even know what to tell them, God. I'm a pastor. I don't even know what to say. Where do they even begin? I mean, isn't this the season where, you know, it's the most wonderful time? Isn't that this season? You know, it's a question that some really close friends of mine, actually a family that that worships with us, with you, right here in this room, every Sunday here in Morristown, 
Those are questions that, that those friends of mine were asking. When their parents' home, the home that she had grown up in, the wife, was crushed by a tree during Superstorm Sandy. I mean, do you guys remember, do you guys remember talking to your neighbors and whatnot? I remember going around the town and, and I, you would hear things from your neighbors. I would say things like this too, like, oh, thank God. Those two trees in my backyard, they just missed my house by like five feet. Oh, thank God, it's a miracle. You would hear this over and over again, yet I've got these friends whose parents' home was literally split in half. God, why this? Why now? You know something? It's the same exact question that those same friends of mine, hear me, the same friends of mine were asking three weeks later when it was their child who was diagnosed with special needs. If you could have heard and seen this woman trembling as she told me this for the first time, how her child was diagnosed and, and her husband couldn't say anything. He was just speechless, just, just lovingly there by her side. It makes you look at our Christmas offering in a whole new way, doesn't it? God, why this? Why now? You know, I said that this year in particular, it's been particularly difficult for me to see it in a new way because on a personal level, on a personal level, I shared this with some of the staff. I have not stopped asking those questions for the past month. Because about a month ago, I got a text out of the blue from a really close family member. And this text said, hey, Tom, can you call me later tonight? I just got served divorce papers. I don't know where to begin, what to do. God, why this? Why now? Why a couple days ago in Newtown, Connecticut? How many families will there be? I bet you there were moms and dads that bought Christmas presents already. Why this? Why now? You know, many of you, many of you I know because I've had the privilege of hearing you, you've shared your stories with me recently, and you too are asking the same exact questions. Oh sure, it may be Christmas season and all, but you've seen, you've been dealt some cards that you have no sweet clue what to do with. Maybe it's the loss of a job, a marriage on the rocks, Kids flying off the handles. Maybe it's all of those. And so in some real way, you understand what I mean when I say, yeah, this has truly been a blue, blue Christmas. You got to understand, whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're a Christ follower or not, one thing that I've noticed amidst all this 
is that people cannot stand randomness when it comes to the most important issues of their life. Do you know what I'm saying here? Are you, are you following? In other words, whenever you're dealt some painful cards, at the very least, you want some answers. You want to see some pers- uh, purpose. You want some answers to the questions of why. Why did this happen? God, why this? Why now? Why can't I see the purpose behind all the pain? See, whether you're a believer or not, you want to look at life. You, you want to look at this thing called life, and, and you want to see, you want to take a, a, a step back, and you want to see how it all connects. You want to see this whole big ball of wax. That's what you want to see. You cannot stand random pieces. You don't like this, whether you're a believer or not. You don't like random pieces. You want to see the whole ball of wax. You want all the dots to connect. We want to be like this. We want to be like, yeah, you know, I was 16, I was 17, 18, I was young. I, I went away to school. I, 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 I was cutting class, but, but this one class, for whatever reason, there was this cute girl there, and I kept going to that class. And then, and then I asked to borrow her notes during midterms, during finals. And then, I don't know, she just started talking to me. And then we went out for coffee, and then, and then, and then we fell in love. And, and three years later, we got married. And, and now we got 2.6 kids. You want to see like this whole thing connect. You want to see this whole ball of wax and you want to see that it all comes together. It fits. When you think of your life, when you look at it, you want it to fit. I went to college. I majored in poli sci. My senior year, I got that internship. And then I worked there for five years. And now, 15 years later, I'm partnered. Makes sense now. I see the whole thing. See, it's like we have this insatiable desire inside of all of us to make sure that it all fits. We want to see the whole ball of wax. And again, this is something that's true, whether you're a believer, whether you're a Christ follower or not. In fact, all of us, we all have sayings. You could be a Buddhist. You can be an atheist. But we all say this. Everything happens for a Exactly. Exactly. We want to see the order. We want it to make sense. We go nuts. We, we, we go crazy when all we see are random pieces in our life that don't fit. And because that's ingrained inside each of us, Because there's this innate need for all of us to see order amidst the chaos. For all of us to see purpose amidst the pain. Because that's ingrained inside all of us, we all have this human nature that asks the question whenever the two collide against each other. And that question is, why? I mean, you know what, Pastor Tom? I'll be honest with you. I never planned for this piece. I don't know how this peace got into my life. When we met 20 years ago, we were in love. We were poor, but we loved each other. We were living on love. 
And you know, I got that job. And I started working my way up that ladder. And we moved from one house to another, bigger and bigger. Every step got bigger and better. And now we got four kids. But now this happens. And Pastor, I don't know where it fits. I don't understand what I'm supposed to do with this piece. I, I don't get where it goes. I don't know what to do with this. For many of you, it may be this piece right here. I mean, you are not supposed to be jobless. That's not your style. That's not your MO. You're, you're the responsible one. You've stayed hours when everyone went home. You're not one of like one of your lazy coworkers that is just squeaking by or just name calling or pointing fingers. You are responsible. You sacrificed. Man, you, you, you spent hours, you, you know, you, you didn't come home, you missed key dates, you, you missed the kid's first step, you missed teeth being pulled out because you were sacrificing. You were trying to climb that ladder because that was a piece that you understood and it fit in your little world. But then this happened. This doesn't make any sense. Where's this go? I don't, I don't see how this fits in my world. See, in the midst of pain, everyone looks for purpose. There's just something in you, there's something in me that ticks that way, no matter who you are. But you see, Christians, Christians, we actually have a way of thinking about this. See, Christians believe that we've been created in the image of God. And that God sees things sequentially, that God brings order out of chaos, and that God is the master designer, the chief architect of everything. And so that thing in you that tries to make sense of the senseless, that thing in you is actually his imprint on you. You can't get away from it. You can't shake it. It is deep inside of you. In fact, I know that for some of you, that's actually part of your spiritual journey. You've shared it when we've done baptisms. You've shared it in, in different counseling sessions. You've shared that how, you know what? Life for you, everything was great. You were content. Every piece fit. You had your health. You had your job, you had the income coming in, everything was great, but still, even though it all kind of fit together, you were empty on the inside. You were empty. Why? Because nothing really connected to anything that mattered, and so you still remained restless and fragmented. That's what happened, right? But here's the deal. God wants to bring all those things together. And it's only when you have your faith in God, when you have this relationship with God, that he can take the fragments and you start see him and how the pieces all fit. Now, let me share something with you. All of this collides with the Christmas story because Christmas, the Christmas story is the preeminent example. It is the best example of God dipping down into the fragments, into the pieces of life and reminding us that he actually has a master plan. 
that there is actually a purpose, a master design, and that he hasn't forgotten us. In fact, Scripture says this, in all things, God works for the good. In all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So guys, here's what I want to do, real quick. I want to read a portion of the Christmas story, and then I want to come back to this idea of purpose amidst the pain and see how it all collides together, okay? So real quick, would you turn with me in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke? Luke, found on page 710, the first chapter of Luke. And as you turn there, let me remind you of something here. The Apostle Luke, you have to understand that he was actually a doctor, okay? I know that we have some doctors in the house. In other words... The author here, Luke, loved details and order, okay? So for those of you who are a little bit more skeptical, you need to underappreciate this author's MO here, okay? In fact, the opening of his letter, Dr. Luke says this, just in case you had any doubts, he calls this out. He says, since I myself have carefully, what's the word there? Investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an what? Orderly account for you, okay? So for those of you that are a little OC, very meticulous, this is your gospel writer, okay? Translation, hey, guys, I've given it a thorough examination, a thorough physical, and I'm going to give it to you straight. That's what he's saying. And now watch, in that manner, how he describes the birth of Christ. Check this out, verse 26. In the sixth month, again, notice already the details. It's flowing. This isn't just, you know, once upon a time or a galaxy far, far away. No, this is very detailed. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was? Exactly. Verse 28. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly, what's the word there? Let's say it together. Favored. The Lord is with you. Okay, guys, I want to pause right there, okay? You need to remember this. You need to remember this. The angel Gabriel says to this young girl, who I know in your mind is like she's like 26, 27. Uh-uh. Back in those days, you were pledged to be married at the age of 13, 14. Most scholars agree that Mary was about 13 or 14 years of age. And you didn't, like, fall in love. It wasn't like Twilight or anything like that. You, you were arranged to be married, okay? You were arranged to be married. And so this 13, 14-year-old girl, her parents got together with Joseph's parents. Oh, we got a good pair here. All right, let's get them married. That's just the way that it worked, okay? And remember now, how did the angel greet her? Greetings, you who are highly favored. I need you to remember that. The Lord is with you, says this angel. I mean, just think about this for a second. God must real. there's something about this Mary person that God just really loves. She is special. The Lord, she is highly favored. The Lord is with you. Remember that because it's so important in just a few seconds here. Now watch, watch. Dr. Luke says next. Watch what he says next. Verse 29. Mary was greatly what? Okay, so you would be too, okay? Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. All right, makes sense. Verse 30, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have, here we go again, found favor with God. And now watch this. Notice the certainty that he uses amidst all this random chaos, all these little pieces. Notice the certainty in his tone here. Verse 31. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great 
great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Verse 34, Mary asked, how will this be since I am a virgin? Totally great question. I, I, God. <laughs> I know, right? It, Mary's just thinking about her life. Everything was moving along so nice and easy. I'm 13. I'm 14 years old. I'm pledged to be married. What? I don't understand how this piece fits. Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I want to stop right there. I want to take a quick survey. Folks, raise your hand if before you heard me read this, if before you stepped into this room, before you walked up those stairs, raise your hand for me nice and high if you have ever heard the name Jesus Christ associated with Son of God. Raise your hand if you've ever heard that. If this is not your first time hearing that, go ahead. Everyone look around. Wow, look at that. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's exactly what Dr. Luke said would happen. 2,000 years later, when you hear Jesus, Son of God, it doesn't surprise you. But do you realize how shocking, how earth-shattering, surprising, even blasphemous this must have sounded to a little 13-year-old Jewish girl? that you are going to birth the Son of God. And by the way, you haven't even touched Joseph yet. This is just outrageous. In other words, Mary's little world, you might say, was interrupted with a piece she could not figure out. Unwed pregnancy. This is not good for a little Jewish girl growing up in a wholesome family. You don't have one of these, okay? <laughs> it's not supposed to happen. And, and so here we are, hundreds of generations later, thousands of years later, halfway around the world, and yet it doesn't surprise any of you. That's amazing. He continues, even Elizabeth your relative is going to, there's the certainty again, have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be barren in her sixth month for, let's read this together, nothing is impossible with God. Oh, I didn't hear you. Let's see, read it together. Nothing is impossible with God. I still don't believe you. Go ahead and turn to your neighbor and say, nothing is impossible. Go ahead, turn to your neighbor. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. That's right. Now, let me ask you guys, do you believe that? you believe it that nothing is impossible with God see because you need to understand it this way understand that once the angel leaves you got to figure Mary must have been like what just happened God why this why now I mean think about what is she supposed to do with all of these new pieces of materials in her life, all these pieces that don't fit. Like, if you're a teenage girl, how do you go about explaining your pregnancy to mom and dad? Grew up in this wholesome house, 
right? Uh, uh, how do you explain it to the, to the woman at, at Stop and Shop that give you the stink eye? Oh, did you hear about so so No, I swear. No, Joseph and I, we didn't touch each other. No, 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 no. It's like the Holy Ghost came and said, I'm going to bear God's son. Yeah, right. Right? I mean, there's no way. Speaking of which, we haven't even touched upon, and we can't right now, but we haven't even touched upon how she would explain this to her fiancé. How does she explain this to Joseph, right? I mean, this would have completely blown his world. He doesn't have any categories for this. I mean, Joseph would have had every reason to be like, nah, 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 no thanks. But fortunately, fortunately, an angel gave him a heads up and was like, no, 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 easy there, Joe. I know all of this looks messy and crazy to you right now. I get that. But I'm going to use all of this. This is actually God's master plan. God is behind this whole thing. So don't break up with her. (laughs) But you can see. You can see, right, how all of these pieces would drive a person crazy. You can see how all of this makes life very complicated and messy, right? God, why this? Why now? You know something? I just want to add this little bit of detail as well. You need to know that Caesar Augustus, at this time, he had recently decreed that everyone had to register for the census, okay? So now imagine this conversation Joseph has to have with Mary. He has to be like, oh, babe, babe, listen, I know that you're pregnant and everything. I know it's the last trimester. But like Caesar, it's not my fault. Caesar Augustus says we got to go back home. We got to register for the census. So I think we have to load up the donkey. And um, here's the deal. Uh, Home is 120 miles away. Ladies, let me just ask you real quick, okay? (laughs) How would you feel if your fiancé says, we got to load up the donkey, all right? And we, you got to ride that donkey from Morristown, New Jersey, I did the math, to the state border of Maryland on the week you're going to give birth. How would you feel? God, why this? Why now? Right? And you see, you know the rest of the story. You know the rest of the story. But because by the time they get there, Mary's about to have this baby, and there is no room at the... So can't you just picture Mary being like, um, hello, Mr. Angel, Miss Highly Favored One over here, Miss the Lord is with me, Miss I'm about to have the Lord's baby, could I have a nice clean room please, right? That's, that's not too far-fetched, and, and I mean this thing It is absolutely coming to pieces because now Mary and Joseph are homeless. God, why this? Why now? You know something? While we're at it, we're still not done because this last piece uh, uh, of information I just want to share with you because you know what? (laughs) 
This is the one thing that somehow I've listened to many, many Christmas messages. I've given many Christmas messages. I've never talked about. I've never heard anyone else talk about. But this is the one thing that no one likes to talk about. Because you know why? Because Christmas is so beautiful and it's romanticized and Disney does a great job and all this stuff. I want to share with you a detail about Christmas that we don't often talk about. I mean, I get it, I get it, I get it. But truth be told, once Jesus was born... Word had traveled so fast to some bad people. Word had traveled to the ruler of Judea, this nasty King Herod, who became jealous because it had been prophesied about Jesus. And and this King Herod, he wanted his own name to be great and reign forever and ever and ever. And, And when he heard about the rumors of this little Jewish boy threatening his name and legacy, this King Herod said, you know what? This ain't going to happen. I ain't let this little Jewish kid do this. So what I want you to do. I want all my men to go out throughout the land, and I want you to slaughter. I want you to kill cold blood every single baby boy, two years old and younger. Let me tell you something. Scholars agree that it wasn't just boys, because his men wanted to do such a thorough job and be able to tell King Herod, yeah, we did it, we did it, we did it, that they probably killed girls as well. It takes on new meaning this weekend, doesn't it? All of a sudden, this passage has new life when we think of what happened on Friday. And so, you know, when Joseph and Mary, when they caught wind of this, they did what you and I would do. They took their baby boy and they fled to a safer place. They went to Egypt. And, and suddenly, suddenly you're faced with this throughout all the land. See, now just, let's just, I just want us to sit here for a second and think about this one, okay? Because we don't really talk about it a lot. But think about all that has happened. Think about this 14-year-old girl and this young man, their baby boy. And all this infant death is happening around them. Mary would have lived the rest of her life knowing. God warned me. My, my baby boy is safe now. God, God saved my little baby. Why not all the other babies? Have you ever heard of survivor's guilt? I ran into a lot of that in Staten Island. What, what, why me? Why did I get saved? Why, did, why was I spared? When all these other babies died, all these other mothers are crying themselves to sleep. God, why this? Why now? In fact, we know that that's a question that would come up years and years later when Mary would see her own son beaten and tortured to within an inch of his life. And then to be publicly humiliated and die on a cross years later. Then her questions become, God, why this? Why him? And you know what, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. We all know that it worked out great in the end. Right? 
We all get that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know that three days later, they rolled the tombstone and Jesus was alive and that he ascended and resurrected. I know all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, Easter is a hard message for pastors to preach as well, okay? We get that. But that doesn't change the fact that Mary stood there and watched the whole entire thing. She who was most highly favored. She who the Lord was standing right by. And in those moments, you have to realize, you have to understand that must have felt like just another random, senseless, tragic act. That must have felt, that must have felt like to her so painful such like don't even understand and it must have truly been a blue blue christmas so now let me ask you guys this question does god have a master plan does does god actually architect and orchestrate and is is he really in control and does every piece fit or is it more like this right here does God have a master plan? Yes. Yes, he does. Yes, because these were the very raw materials that God, the master planner, used to plan our salvation. Salvation for the whole world. These were the very materials, the very building blocks that God used to orchestrate salvation for anyone who would call upon the name of Jesus. The very moment that God seems to have lost control was the exact moment that God unveiled his most brilliant and beautiful work. See, folks, that thing in you, that thing in you that wants purpose and order amidst the pain and the chaos, that thing in you that yearns for design amidst the destruction, that's God's thumbprint on you. And during Christmas, we remember that even when things seem random and purposeless and messy, Christmas reminds us that God has actually never been closer to us. Emmanuel, it means God with us. Thanks be to God.
Lady, I believe your son is the promised king of his people. What is his name? Jesus. Your son is the promised king of his people. What is his name? Jesus. His name is Jesus. of our pain, God is actually doing something new. We may not see it. We may not understand. We may not even believe it at first. But God promises to work all things for the good of those who love him. Guys, that's the message of Christmas. Amen? Emmanuel, God is with us. When it seemed like God had forgotten us, when it seemed like he had just left us to pieces, Christmas actually reminds us that he has never been closer. Say amen if you believe that. Christmas reminds us he has never been closer. You know, my friends, that family I was telling you about earlier in the service, uh, their, their parents' home was crushed and their child recently diagnosed with special needs. I want to read for you this incredible email, just, just portions of it, that she sent me just a few days ago. Okay, she, she, she started off with this. She wrote, It's funny how Liquid is always so on the pulse with what is going on with those who attend. I know it's a God thing. Many times there are sermons and programs that are initiated that I see are really meeting where the liquid families are, but we have never really been at the center of it like this holiday season for Blue Christmas. As you already know, she continues, Sandy left us without power for a week, but left my parents without a home. And just a few short weeks later, it was identified that our child has some special needs requiring changing preschools, frequent therapy sessions, and programming for the upcoming year. In the quiet of the night, I often lay awake trying to process everything that has happened. All that has changed. So this Christmas, I am more introspective, if that's possible, than I usually am. I imagine that life was not easy for Joseph and Mary at this time, with the journey they were on and the inauspicious surroundings of Jesus' birth. But what I am sure of is that when they cast their eyes on their newborn son, the Son of God, their earthly worries and stresses didn't disappear, but they were able to focus on Jesus and the peace that transcends all understanding filling their hearts. 
And she closed with this. <laughs> so, so as I lie awake in the middle of the night, trying to juggle in my head the next day's work, insurance calls, therapy sessions, and general life, I think of Jesus. It doesn't change our situation, but gives me peace to make it through another day. Folks, having just read that, do you feel the same way that I do? Almost like I'm standing on holy ground. Because that's a family who's been in the presence, is now in the presence of God Almighty. A family who is deliberately choosing, praying to see Christ amidst all of their chaos. Amen? Emmanuel, God with us. And you know, I think that's why. It must be why Luke ends this passage the way that he does. Check this out, verse 38. He records Mary as saying, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. And let's read this together in one voice. May it be to me as you have said. One more time. May it be to me as you have said. Because folks, you have to understand, when you know that the master designer is in control and that he's taking all of these things and he's actually working them together, that, that he actually knows how it connects and they may seem like random, disjointed pieces, painful pieces to you. Do you understand that you have a master designer, a master architect who is piecing them together for your good and his glory? You can have peace amidst the pain. You can have comfort amidst the chaos. It's something that Mary knew in the depths of her heart. It's what comforted her. It's something that my friends remind me as I hear their story and I see them week after week after week worshiping in the same seats that you do. And guys, that's actually my prayer for every single one of you here Right now, that's my Christmas gift to you, as a matter of fact. That's my prayer for you. In fact, you know what? Can we, can we do this right now? We're going to Holy Ghost moment here, so to speak. All right? Can we do this right now? Some of you during this Christmas season have been handed something in life. I don't know why you're here today. I don't know what brought you here this morning. But I can imagine that everyone in this room, if they had the opportunity, they would take one of these blue strips and you would be able to write your random pain, you would be able to write what it is in your life that you're facing right now that you just don't understand how it fits. And if you're not in that spot today, then you went through it not, a while, not too long ago, or you will go through it very soon. It's a promise, right? I imagine that everyone here could write something on these blue strips. 
So right now, whether it's job or health or relationship, you have no idea. You're like, I have no idea why this piece is in my life. I have no idea where it fits. This has truly been a blue Christmas for me. If that's you, you need to understand that there is no shame in that. If you're feeling that right now, you were, it's okay. It's okay. But if that's you right now, this moment, you've got a broken piece in your life right now, I'm going to ask you right now to take a step of faith and go ahead, and I want you to raise your hand nice and high. Don't worry. No one's judging. No one's, that's right. That's, go ahead. Raise your hand right there, right there in the back, all over. That's okay. Raise your hand. I'm raising my hand too. I've got this. I shared with you in my family right now. There's divorce. If that's you right now, that's okay. Go ahead and raise your hand nice and high. And right now, at this moment, I'm going to ask, if you're not raising your hand, just stretch out your hand to that person that's nearby you that's raising their hand. And we're going to pray that we might all have the faith of Mary, that with Mary, like Mary, we can say, may it be to me as you have said. So can we all right now, whether you're raising your hand or you're stretching out your hand, let's reach out to someone and let's pray to God right now. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now, God, all these hands that are raised up, Lord, we don't know what to do with these pieces. God, things happen in life and they just seem so random and and we don't see the purpose behind them. We don't know the answer to the question of why. I just pray right now for all those hands that are lifted up, I pray that you would impart to them the, the faith of Mary, that they would be able to say, may it be to me as you have said. We may not have all the answers, but we do know that you are a good God and we do know that you are still in charge and we do know that you have not lost control. So I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would meet them in their pain and that you would provide peace right now. Emmanuel, God with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.